0: Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I'm Dr. Renee Carr, and please introduce yourself in the chat or on social media. Did you know that men can make up 82% of human trafficking victims for labor? Did you know that upper middle income individuals can have the highest rate of being trafficked? Many people are at risk for human trafficking simply because they believe that it will not happen to them. And so that's why today we are talking about human trafficking traps, how to avoid them, and how to recognize them. This will be, I wanted to let everyone know, this will be a sensitive topic with sensitive details. So I caution you to not have children around while you are listening to this episode. And if you might be triggered by that, then please make sure that you listen to to this with someone who can help comfort you or that you have help readily available while you're listening or afterward. And if this to not be a one-sided or a one-time conversation, then please also give your thoughts or questions in the comment section below. Now, anyone can be a victim of human trafficking. This can happen to men, women, and children. And it doesn't matter your citizenship. It doesn't matter if you are an immigrant. And anyone can be a victim regardless of your wealth status, your zip code, your gender, culture, or race. You can also be a victim regardless of your age or nationality and regardless of how you look. Human trafficking is also not what you normally see on TV or in the movies. So in movies like Taken or The Whistleblower, you often see human trafficking stereotypes. And the stereotypes is, it's usually big, strong men and strangers, and they're abducting a young white female who was some reason traveling in Europe to discover herself, or you could just see movies where they have women and children in chains or in cages and in the back of trucks or in some type of hidden warehouse. So those are stereotypes, but that's actually not what happens very often. It does happen though, but not as often as you think. In fact, you can actually be working in a restaurant today, or you can be working in a warehouse, and one of your coworkers is being held hostage. You can live in a high-income neighborhood, and one of the nannies is actually being trafficked. Unfortunately, you can also live next door to someone who is trafficking his or her child for sex. So please, everyone, understand that one of the reasons why human trafficking happens so easily And so often is because the TV, news, and movie stereotypes usually ignore the facts of how human trafficking actually happens and in the United States and definitely in your state, your zip code, and very possibly your neighborhood. The misrepresentations that we're seeing that these stereotypes produce are produced because it gives the public something to look at and it's exciting but it also gives you a false sense of security. And so to fight against that, today I'm sharing the truth about human trafficking so you can avoid being trafficked. First, I will share the six main types of human trafficking so you will know what to look out for. And then I will share ways to avoid human trafficking traps such as abduction and being recruited. Now, I do want to give transparency and let you know that I am a national, on the national board of directors for a human trafficking organization. And this is an issue that I do care deeply about. So just in case you want to know a little bit of my background, but it is important because everyone needs to know that it's not just a them or another country. It's actually someone who you may possibly know who is indeed a victim of human trafficking and I don't want you to also become a victim. So let's go over the truths. So, the truth the true definition of human trafficking is the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of one or more individuals or one or more groups of people through force, fraud, or deception. And the primary goal is to exploit these individuals for profit. And the true face of human trafficking is anyone. So remember, human trafficking happens to men, women, and children in every country, regardless of citizenship status and regardless of education level, wealth, or economic status. It's regardless of sexuality gender, culture, or race, and regardless of your background. So remember, you don't have to be pretty or handsome to be abducted. and You don't have to be healthy or young. Now, the true profile of a trafficker, we do know. Often, the trafficker is a family member, including parents and spouses, friends, and romantic partners. It could be a new friend that you just met and you instantly clicked with, it could be your drug dealer. It can also be an influential or a trusted person in your community or someone that you have seen often in your community, but very often it is someone that you know, or that you think you know. In a 2019 national study of human trafficking survivors in 33% of the cases, which means out of three people who were trafficked. At least one of those persons was trafficked by a family member or someone that they considered a friend and 23.3% of those involved a pre-existing relationship, which means it's not that you just happen to meet some weird guy at the bar. No, this is usually someone that you have been in a relationship with, but they created that relationship under a false pretense of who they are and with not honorable intentions for you. And in contrast to almost 33% of the victims being trafficked by someone they know, in actuality, only 3.5% were abducted because of a stranger or someone involved in a criminal activity. So that just gives you an idea of how often it happens to people that you are already familiar with. And the truth about where human trafficking occurs is that it can happen in the victim's place of employment, meaning where they work. It can also happen where they live, in their actual home or their home country. And it can be during the migration or immigration process or when traveling to a foreign country, for example, for travel or vacation. It can happen in highly visible areas. So for example, in the United States, we have the U.S. Capitol building, which is located in Washington, D.C., and that's just five miles away from this place called the Kitty Track. So again, five miles away from the Capitol building, the Kitty Track is a known place of where female children are being trafficked. So it's not some secret place. It's not some foreign country. It's in every zip code for sure, and definitely in every country, but it might also be in your direct community and in your direct neighborhood. Now, there are six main types of human trafficking. The first one is forced marriage. This is very common and happens in over 50% of the worldwide cases of human trafficking. Now, forced marriages are very different from an arranged marriage. In an arranged marriage, both of the individuals are at least aware of the practice of arranged marriages And there is a possibility of an arranged marriage. So they know that these are possibilities. And they might even have been involved in the process of selecting the arranged marriage partner. Or if they weren't, they at least had the chance to give their informed consent. Now, this is different and opposite from a forced marriage. Because in a forced marriage, at least one person, maybe both, But at least one person is forced into the marriage and the forced person did not agree or consent to be married, nor did they expect this to happen to them. And then once married, this spouse is considered property and not a true spouse who has rights inside the home. The forced spouse might be abused and exploited by the spouse that they married to and also by the families to whom they were sold. So again, this is very different from an arranged marriage. And also in a forced marriage, the person might also be exploited inside their home and forced to suffer inhumane conditions, as including labor. So being um, subjected to hard labor inside the home or outside of the home. They might be sexually exploited inside the family or by the other spouse's friends or business connections, or they just might be forced into some other form of exploitation. So to be forced into the marriage, the person might have been abducted from the community or their country and then sold into marriage. Or again, a family member or someone they trusted sold him or her into that forced marriage. Forced marriage happens to both men and women and unfortunately, very often to children. For men who are forced into marriage, this may include using trafficked women to seduce or to fraud the men into marrying them. And this is what we might know commonly as a sham marriage. Now, for women and girls, in those forced marriages, they may include the trading of females for Marriages, so the females are used as property and they're sold or traded, and with the purpose of being married to this other person as a transaction or with the woman being considered a commodity or the little girl. In 2016, more than one third of the victims living in a forced marriage were children, and at the time of this, some of them might have been as young as six years old and in almost all child victim cases of marriage, they're girls. Child marriage is generally considered to be a forced marriage, and therefore it's considered abuse in most countries because a child cannot give a consent to marry an adult, especially when they are young, as young as five or six. And so this is considered a forced marriage and not a, um, a desirable or a consenting marriage. Also in child marriages, parents are often the ones selling their child or their children or trading them to older men to settle disputes, to repay debts, or to just get rid of the child because they're causing a financial burden and then that family is already in poverty and they see that as a way to help them have some type of financial relief. Now again, it might be tempting to think that child marriages happen only in other countries or in very poor countries. And this is unfortunately not true and very disgusting. And as of July, 2019, in the United States, we have 12 states in America that have no minimum age for child marriage. The only requirements are if the parent gives permission And if the judge in that area also approves of this marriage request, then a child can be married to an adult and is considered a valid marriage. So again, these are children being married to adults, usually significantly older adults, and the child can be as little as nine in what I've seen for the cases in America. Now, I do want to... (laughs) deliberately tell you what these states are. So you can remember this when you are voting. So these states are California, Idaho, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Washington, West Virginia, and Wyoming. So please remember that. And much as you can, please advocate for the safety of children and vote against child marriages and doing so to have child marriages with no exceptions. And that's the case for the other states that we have in America, but not for those 12 that I just mentioned. So forced begging is another common form of human trafficking. Now, what's different from forced begging is that the majority of human trafficking activities happen in secrecy, and they have operations that are underground, behind the scenes, and usually hidden from the public eye. But in forced begging, this type of human trafficking happens every day in plain sight. And unfortunately, if you've ever gone to a crowded city or gone to the grocery store, you might have encountered someone who was in this type of trafficking. So, when you are forced to beg, these victims will aggressively beg from anyone who crosses their path. And the most common profile of someone forced into begging that you will most likely see is a child, women, or women with children. They are considering this called begging with babies. And in cases of women who are begging with children, Often, both the child and the woman are separate victims of human trafficking and it's not the female's actual child. Now, the children who have been trafficked are also forced to beg because the average human adult will have sympathy for a child more so than what they would for an adult. And the traffickers manipulate this act of human kindness, knowing our natural response to care for children, And they will not only use this against us as unsuspecting civilians, but they will do that by forcing the children to beg, and they will also force elderly citizens or elderly victims who might have a disability to also beg, again, trying to use their manipulation of human emotions and human kindness. Now, in some cases, traffickers have caused their victims to have visible injuries or they will make them pretend that they have an injury. They might even poke out the eyes or amputate a limb so that they can help the victim appear more vulnerable and therefore increase their likelihood of not only having donations from us, but also having higher donation dollars. And again, remember, this also happens in the United States. And human trafficking is not just limited to poor countries, or poor communities. So just think, um, the last time you went to the grocery store or you might have gone to the mall, have you ever seen someone baking outside at the grocery store? Or have you seen a group of older children selling like low cost or very cheap looking candy or items and saying it's for their quote sports team? Or maybe they might even say it's for some type of fundraiser that you've never heard of in your community. Well, if so, it's very possible that those children and youth might have been forced into this type of begging or false fundraising because they were, in truth, human trafficking victims. So understand that persons who are exploited are doing this begging for you, and you might feel as if they're being very aggressive or harassing, and it's not because they really... Want the money, what they really want is to avoid the punishment or the abuse they might experience if they don't meet a quota that the trafficker has forced onto them. And so, any money that is collected, it actually hardly ever goes to the child or the elderly person or the disabled person who is involved in this forced begging. It just goes to the person who is trafficking them or that trafficking organization. So kind of think of it like when you have a pimp and a prostitute, it's the prostitute who is being forced to engage in this activity oftentimes when it's forced prostitution. And then it's the pimp who takes away that money. And so they're just being exploited in the same way. Now, um, what I am going to do is have a link in this YouTube description for how to recognize if someone is being trafficked and how you can safely help them and keep yourself anonymous If you are interested in that, a third type of human trafficking is organ removal or organ trafficking. Organ trafficking is the illegal removal, sale, and purchase of human organs and human tissue. And the victim may have been kidnapped, drugged, or killed so that his or her organs can be sold. So trafficking organs are mainly used for other people or patients and they need an organ transplant and it's because we have a shortage of legal transplants in most countries and also a long waiting time to have an organ transplant operation and those are the main reasons of why the illegal organ I'm, I'm sorry illegal organ and tissue trade not only exists but it's highly profitable. Now, organ removal and trafficking is a global problem because it brings in so many dollars or whatever their economic um, money is, but it's also more common in relatively poor countries. And that's because there's less medical oversight, but the hospitals have enough of an advanced knowledge or resources to conduct the organ transplant. And very often, because it is easily um, to do into to trade. Buyers will come from wealthy countries, for example, the United States, the Middle East, and Europe. Now, there are also hospitals in America that have been repeatedly fooled by very smart organ traffickers who were able to convince hospitals into believing that the donor, who was actually a trafficking victim, was donating their body, organ, or tissue and they were saying that it was acting solely out of a compassion for a friend or a loved one but in actuality the person was being forced to donate their organs and the hospitals never knew and the trafficker who can be very smart was working in a way that was very convincing very intelligent to be the third party coordinator to uh, supposedly arrange this and then for it to really just go to another person who is a wealthy buyer in the United States and the hospital is not even aware sometimes. There is a big hospital that was included. I think it was Mount Sinai in New York. I think the last incident might've been like 2001, um, for that particular hospital where that was happening. And then they, they, uh, they cut down on a lot of their, who they could allow to be a donor and who they could not be a donor. So The most commonly trafficked organs are kidneys because not only can they be easily harvested, but they can be harvested from living individuals and those victims can still be human trafficking victims. What that means is that, okay, not only can we traffic you to make you be exploited for sex or exploited for labor, but we can also now force you into baking to raise money and we can take out your organs against your will and then make money off of that as well. And then, in an instance where a victim is being forced into begging, the trafficker, for example, might remove the eyes of the victim because it can bring in for a cornea up to $30,000 in just America alone on the black market. So then, the exploited victim's blindness not only brings in more money from street begging, like I said, but also because of the high dollar amount they can get from this person's cornea. Now, if you look at the next or the second most common form of human trafficking, it is labor trafficking. It's also known as labor exploitation. Labor trafficking or exploitation happens to children and adults, males and females. And it's when a person is forced to work and cannot refuse to work, and they also cannot quit the job without facing serious consequences. And these consequences can be violence. They can be beaten, they can have their food or their basic necessity taken away, such as water to drink or just to bathe in. Um, if they're a female, they might have their menstrual cycle and they're not giving any type of sanitary items. And then they can also have medication withheld for them withheld from them, and they can also have threats not only against themselves, but against their friends and their families. The four most common industries for labor trafficking are industries where the hard labor or long hours can not only be easily forced, but also easily overlooked. And so those four common industries are agriculture, construction, manufacturing, landscaping, and other labor intensive um, sectors as well. Now for construction manufacturing, agriculture, and fishing, men make up the highest percentage of labor trafficking victims. And this ranges from 62 to 88% of victims in these industries. And female victims make up the highest percentage of labor trafficking victims in the industries of domestic work, hotel and accommodations, and food services. And these industries, women are in forced labor, make up between 61 and 92 percent of the human trafficking victims. Now, in manufacturing, there is an equal or a fairly equal proportion of male and female victims for labor trafficking. So, in your workplace or in your daily life, many times what may look like a day laborer or a temporary employee. Or an employee who was only there for a very short time and they just really kept themselves and might have been very quiet, that might have actually been a person who is or was a labor trafficking victim. In 2021 alone, labor trafficking was found to have produced over 150 billion dollars around the world. This lets us know that labor trafficking does not happen in tiny factories or in small villages or poor countries. Indeed, labor trafficking often happens in big corporations and in wealthy countries, including, again, America. And one reason why the person working next to you or that you see in your building or your favorite store doesn't report that they are being trafficked is because of the fear and psychological control that they are being under or forced to endure. They also may believe that they are not free to quit their job because they could be harmed, they could lose their citizenship status, they could have fear that they could be left with nothing and now they're in a foreign country or in a foreign area, or they can fear the death or the harm of themselves or a loved one. And many times, victims of labor exploitation, they originally agreed to the job, Because they were lied and they were told that this job was one thing and it ended up being someone else or something else. So usually what happens is someone promised them a better life or a bigger opportunity and a good salary. And so then that person takes the job and they only later find out once they get to the job or get to the location that they were tricked and that the real working conditions are far from what they were promised. For male victims of labor trafficking, the victim was almost always introduced to the alleged work opportunity or to the trafficker through a friend, another coworker, or someone they knew through someone else. So men are more likely to be victims of any type of human trafficking because they were recruited by someone that they knew or who had, um, had been introduced to them by someone that they knew. A common example of individuals trafficked to work in the United States is they have a visa sponsor or an employer, and then the sponsor or employer lies to them about this great opportunity to come in to the United States or to work in the United States. Then the unsuspecting victim is in the United States or they take the job, but then when they get there the trafficker refuses to comply with the agreed upon wages and living conditions. The trafficker usually takes away the victim's passport and the trafficker often will not allow the victimized worker to communicate with family or friends. And they usually don't even allow them to make friends at the job or the workplace. Now in the majority of these cases, such as this, um, this example that I'm giving you, the labor trafficked victims feel helpless and they believe that they must do what their employer says or that they must do what the trafficker says because now their visa is being held up and used as leverage to control them. In 2021, 27.6 million persons were forced in labor throughout the world. And this is according to the 2022 Global Estimates of Modern Slavery And I will give you the link to that report in the YouTube description. Labor trafficking also happens every day and is especially easy to do in industries where people can be paid under the table. And this includes restaurants, even if it's a five-star restaurant, cleaning businesses, nail salons, massage parlors, and private households. And for the private households, This is usually where the victim has worked as a domestic help, and they're doing things like taking care of the children, being a nanny, or just helping around the house and doing household chores. The most common industries for labor trafficking can also be something that's unique to your state. For example, in the state of Maryland, we have a lot of trees and are known for crab cakes. So in Maryland, the more common industries for labor trafficking include crab pickers, fishery staff, and agriculture work. And if you live in a state that's known for farming, for example, you will likely have a higher incident of labor trafficking in harvesting crops or other type of farming or agricultural work. So again, those industries are the top four around the world, but you might have an additional one that's more prominent in your state because of the gross national product for that state That makes it more profitable to the traffickers. Sex trafficking is another form of the most common human trafficking types. And this is actually the most common form of human trafficking in the world. Some people experience sex trafficking within their own country of birth and even within their own communities. In the United States and with United States or American-born citizens, Sex trafficking is most likely happening in community establishments such as strip clubs or um, illegal or illicit massage parlors and in nightclubs, dance clubs, or in dancing clubs that also have bars. It also happens when the victims are held hostage in a hotel or someone else's house. Victims of self trafficking include heterosexual males forced to have homosexual sex females forced to have group sex, or victims being forced into prostitution. And when it comes to gender, females are more likely to be trafficked into prostitution, whereas males are more likely to be trafficked for pornography and private sexual services. And in addition to on-demand sexual acts, sex trafficking victims of either gender are exploited through other forms of commercial sex, and this will include online sexual services, webcamming, pornography, and stripping. In 2019, the internet has become the most prominent place for obtaining sex trafficking victims and for buyers to, I guess, obviously buying sex trafficking victims and this accounted for 83.7% of active U.S. sex trafficking cases. Again, this was just 2019, so it's more now. The internet has made it so easy for sex trafficking of children because children now have more access to the internet and because it makes it easier for pedophiles to groom children and to operate through pedophile activities. Young males are also targeted online for sex trafficking, and it's through their online gaming. According to the Pew Research Center, almost every single teenage boy in America, approximately 97%, play video games. And today, these games have become not only highly social, but also very normal to have a relationship with strangers inside the game and then taking it offline for chats. And again, as with most forms of human trafficking, many victims know their trafficker and through the online gaming or through social media interactions and DM conversations, they believe that they know the person, but more importantly, the trafficker now has access to them to establish that relationship. Most sex traffickers prefer to have this relationship with their targets, either online through email, virtually, in person, or through just, um, casual conversation. And that's a way to methodically groom you for trafficking. And they'll try to do more and more to know who you are, to gain your trust. And then to eventually have you become one of their victims. Now, the sixth main type of human trafficking is the combination of sex trafficking and labor trafficking. This is when a victim is exploited for both sex and labor. Because this information can be very overwhelming or cause an emotional overload, I don't want your brain to then start shutting off or shutting down and then you miss important information. So this will end part one. But if you can click over after you take a break and have a moment to just relax and think of happy things, then go back and then listen to part two. On part two, I will give you the information on how to avoid abduction and how to recognize recruitment strategies. So I look forward to you having that information and please don't forget to not only share this episode of very important information, but to also let at least one person know how they can also protect themselves from being human trafficking victims. So I'll see you in part two.